Wish You Were Here is a podcast that takes you on a journey through the branding of the world's most interesting places and destinations. And here are your hosts, Moira Gon and Julian Stubbs. Hello, world, and welcome to Wish You Were Here, the place branding podcast. This is the second episode in our series on the places we love the most and the ones who have built a brand that just really gets us excited. And this week, we are in a place that everybody loves. We are in New York. I love New York. And I love New York, too. How cool is that? So in our last episode, we focused on the city of Stockholm, which is where Julian's from. But now we are in New York, a place I love. It is my second home. And I'm just excited to explore it from this perspective. Well, we agree about that. This is a great city in so many ways. And we're talking with some really special people in this edition. We'll be talking about the city as well as the state. That's right. We will be talking with the Empire State Development Agency. So this is the organization that markets the state of New York. We're going to get their views on how they're taking all of the love from the city and the energy from the city and bringing it outward into the state. And we learned that there are tons of really great attractions all throughout the state. Then a moment I've been waiting for probably all my life, we'll be talking with the great Milton Glaser himself, one of the world's most famous graphic designers and the man who created the iconic and much-copied I Love New York logotype. Now, here is my first question of the episode, Julian. How do you say it? Is it I heart New York? I love New York. I heart NY. What do you think? Well, I actually say I love New York, but maybe this is a good question for Milton. It is because I say I heart New York. But before we get to that, let's talk with Gavin Landry. He is the executive director of tourism for the Empire State Development Agency. So he is the leader in all the tourism initiatives coming out of the state. And I can tell you, there's a lot and they're pretty innovative. So unfortunately, Julian could not make it on this interview with me, but he'll join back up a little later in the episode. Well, you are, are at 633 uh, 3rd Avenue, which is uh, a, um, an office of Empire State Development. Empire State Development is New York State's chief agency responsible for all things economic development in New York State. It includes a variety of programs, but also includes our Division of Tourism, which is what I lead for the state, and we are the proud owner and promulgator of the Isle of New York brand. And we actually have spoken to Milton Glazer, who is in this podcast, and it was just, it was so exciting to talk to him and learn about the logo. And it was interesting because the logo was designed for the state. It has become affiliated with New York City, um, specifically in an interesting way. So can you tell me what the state has been doing recently to permeate the I Love New York logo out into the state and drive tourism all across it? Sure. I mean, we are very blessed and fortunate that the I Love New York brand is what I call a category killer brand. It's the best brand in the travel vertical. And we have done a a lot to advance the brand uh, relative to it being cast against not just all the great things to do in New York City, but against all of New York State. So, for instance, when we do our television advertising, uh, you'll notice that in addition to the the New York City assets, we will be featuring attractions all over New York State, and that closes with 
there's, there's something for everyone, I love New York. So what we're doing is instead of just sort of using a logo-based mentality is we're actually casting the brand against activities, events, attractions, things to do both domestically against domestic markets as well as international markets to take people into a kind of a mindset that says, oh, I get it. I Love New York is actually the state of New York's brand, not just this great city we call New York City, the number one destination in the world. And can you talk a little bit about um, the history of the logo? And sure. it's maybe it's, I know it was commissioned in the 70s, so maybe it's journey through the decades up to now. Right, right. Well, so I'm sure Milton gave you some of the story, but um, my understanding of, of the, the logo was that it was done in order to support Broadway at the time. So it started out as a campaign. Um, Broadway, if you think about New York City back in the 70s, it's not like New York City today. New York City back in the 70s um, was um, a much different picture relative to tourism. Um, there was not nearly the tourism product development that's occurred so, you know, th thus far. In fact, I think the Marriott Marquis was built nine years after this logo was actually launched uh, in 1986. So think about Times Square and what Times Square is. The Marquis wasn't even there yet uh, at this time. Um, you know, cities all across America were struggling to try to find ways to bring people back to them, um, you know, to make cities safer and so on and so forth. Anyway, long story short, the, the Broadway houses were at about a 20 to 25 percent capacity at that time. So think about all these great Broadway theaters only having 20 percent houses. That's very dangerous and threatening to the industry itself, right? That could all go away uh, if something isn't done. So I Love New York was created and the campaign was created with a bunch of celebrities, if you think back to those early commercials. And in one year's time, from 1977 to 1978, I'm told that the Broadway houses went from 20 to 25 percent capacity to roughly 90 to 95 percent capacity. So it was an incredibly successful campaign, an incredibly successful way to get people to galvanize around the concepts. And then from there, all those good things that happened in New York City, like the reduction in crime, all, all the, the investment in New York City, the increased um, tourism attractions, so on and so forth, the lodging stock, the, you know, the Javits Center, all these things that made such a big difference to New York City's kind of product offering um, on, the, on the business and the leisure side. Uh, really started to take place and, and now what you see as a result of that is a long-term process to create the best destination in the world. It's a great model, it's a great sort of study and a case for any, you know, any, any tourism sort of thinking person or, or one that's inter interested in placemaking like you are. So that's, that's kind of the story of the logo. Now we, where we stand today is we um, have an obligation to all of our state's attractions to leverage the brand the best that we can against what they have to offer. And, and when you think about New York State, um, we have such a, a collection of assets and attractions that sometimes it makes it even more difficult to kind of focus on one thing, right? Because we've got Niagara Falls and we've got the Adirondacks and we've got the Finger Lakes with the you know, 180 million bottles of wine produced last year. We have all these wonderful attractions that we're not just talking about one thing. It makes it a little um, easier if, if you're maybe you're a smaller state and you have maybe one main thing that people identify you as. New York State is very large and has a really a kind of a microcosm of all of the best attractions in the country in one state. It's true, and I love. I've been riding, you know, the subway, and I, I flew in from Chicago, so I came through the airport, and I see you have these beautiful illustrations of the mm -hmm. mountains. Um, and then you put the I Love New York logo on it, and it's just such a good way of tying it all together. Well, thank you. Do you know how many people come through New York every year? 
Well, we know how many visitors last year were reported by NYC and company. It was roughly 56 million. Um, last year for New York State, we had roughly 227 million visitors uh, in New York State. So you can see that you know there's um, a great deal of tourism. In fact, uh, New York State's tourism industry is one of the leading tourism industries in the country. Uh, and it's thanks to our support by Governor Cuomo, who really, you know, since, since he took office, has been investing in tourism more and more every year. In fact, last year, as a result of a tourism summit that Governor Cuomo put together, uh, he announced $45 million in tourism, um, a direct investment in tourism, marketing, and our programs. And that has allowed us to do a lot of things that, that we otherwise would not have been able to do without his support. So uh, the airports are a great example. I can remember when I first started in 2013, um, I met with uh, Governor Cuomo and his team, and, and we started talking about the airports. And at that time, um, I showed him kind of a rendering of, of, of T5 at JetBlue's Terminal T5. And it was this beautiful white walkway that was really long and just didn't have anything in it. And so we went about this program of uh, basically under Governor Cuomo's vision and direction. We went about uh, covering the assets of New York City. So the subways, the airports, and the trains are all now working in our favor. They're all um, what we call building consideration and awareness for other assets in New York State. So what you did when you walked through the airport and you saw that, you got surprised by a factoid, you saw a beautiful picture, and then you saw I Love New York. That is all throughout the airport system, all throughout the subways, and also on the buses and like the Long Island Railroad. So I'm the perfect example to show you that it worked. Yes, you, you are. If you could go ahead and travel in New York State, so I want you to go somewhere in addition to the city, then you're an example of that it worked. Well, I do come to New York City pretty frequently. This is my favorite city on the planet. And the, I was here about three weeks ago. I went out to the Hudson Valley. Mm, uh, my best wonderful. friend's little brother went to so West Point. Yep, and it grad <laughs> yep, and I go to Long Island pretty That's frequently. Great. That's great. But it really did make me think with the skiing and the trails, like I, I just... When I think about New York, I always do think about New York City, but that campaign I truly do see as successful in making me realize there is so much more around me. That's great. Well, we've actually done some work on kind of measuring perceptions and, and tracking that over time to see if, it's be, if our advertising has been effective, and we're seeing that it's working. So it's good to hear it anecdotally, and we also know it you know, from the research that we're putting in place to see if this, this effort is actually paying off. And it, it, it seems that it's paying off for us on, on a lot of fronts. And out of curiosity, if you can share, what metrics are you, how are you gauging the success or what are you looking for? Sure. Well, I mean, our, our main goals are to increase the consideration, the awareness, and the perception of New York State as a place to visit, right? So when you, when you do that, then uh, you, you think about the kind of the customer journey and you're not going to travel anywhere that you're not aware of, right? You're not going to um, travel somewhere if you perceive something else to be either better or similar. So if you have an apple orchard in your backyard and you live in Maine, why would you come to New York State to go to an apple orchard? So we're, we're really focusing on differentiating the state and assets that are truly unique. And then lastly, consideration, which is the step that says, you know what, actually, yes, not only am I aware of the asset and I think it's a great asset or attraction, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to consider going there, right? That's the state's job. Can you talk about what you're doing over in China, and then you mentioned Australia, which I think is very interesting. Sure. So thanks to Governor Cuomo's support and vision, we opened up four offices in China, um, and we have representation in four cities, I should say, in China. We're in Beijing, uh, Shanghai, Guangzhou, and Chengdu. And so 
what we did this past March, yes, it was March, it was our first ever sales mission to, to China. And we took a group of people from New York State, I think we had a total of about 15 um, different attractions, DMOs, um, in some cases airline partners, in some cases tour operators. And we went to China and we did a three-city tour. And we had, we conducted, I think in each of the cities we conducted roughly 240 appointments. And I met with over 40 media. So we did that times three. And in each city we met with airlines, um, travel originators, um, travel agents, uh, media, and so on and so forth, all to develop an understanding of what it is there is to do in New York State. And we offered them itineraries based on five different themes that were connected then to the attractions of all of New York State. So the idea is that we're going to build travel that comes to New York City and then also has people go to other places in New York State. Mm -hmm. But all of our international markets, I mean the UK, Germany, um, Australia and China, that's where we have represent, representation. We also work with NYC and company on all the other source markets that would make sense to you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what, what's called the ASEAN countries, you know, the other uh, Asian um, countries that have represented a significant opportunity for us. Uh, Japan, all of South America. Um, Canada is a huge, you know, um, mm -hmm. uh, partner of ours in terms of um, folks are, are, are coming to New York State from Canada all the time, both from, you know, kind of the northeastern part of Canada, Montreal area, as well as, you know, Toronto area, uh, and, and folks in Ottawa. So th these are the markets that we work on in addition to the domestic markets that are sort of contiguous to us. Um, we think about three to five hour driving distance. That's a prime kind of what I call source market or target for us, for people who are interested in, in everything from agritourism to adventure tourism to family travel to responsible tourism. I mean, all those various segments mm -hmm. for the leisure traveler are all, you can find the best assets in New York State. That's great about New York. You can fly in, you can go to the biggest is New York City the biggest city on the planet? It is by me. I don't know if it yeah, is by me you know, too. other ways. But it, it is. is by me. Let's say it is. And um, <laughs> you heard it here only on Wish You Were Here, the podcast. Just kidding. But you get to go to the biggest city, and then you can drive out to one of the natural wonders of the world. You can hit a couple museums on the way. You could probably go skiing. You can go shopping. As my mother would say, check, check. You know, right. we did it all. You can come to New York and almost get it all when you come Absolutely. to America. The yeah. full experience. So... We, we've talked about this, but I want to rephrase the question. What is the focus of the spend? Is it, is it purely tourism, or are you trying to attract business or residents or all of the above? So the focus of the spend is um, what I would call kind of you're, you're weighting it in a number of ways, right, and, and kind of putting it out in a number of ways. So uh, a good portion of the money goes towards advertising whether it's you know, television or digital type advertising. Um, a portion of our, of our program monies are used for our social media programs, um, for everything we do on our .com, all of our digital platforms, um, as well as our PR efforts and um, our events team, which actually goes around the state and, and has a, a pod that opens up where you interact with various attractions at a, at a really cool pod. We just had it in Central Park this past weekend. And so um, that's a portion of the money. Then another portion of the money is actually through uh, grants programs that we that we run and we we actually administer these grant programs so that we're encouraging product development and marketing that aligns with our state strategy. And what are the benchmarks that you're using to just show that this is successful? Well, again, we, we talk about the uh, the tracking study relative to perception and consideration and awareness. Really, the the ultimate goal is to drive economic impact and the numbers kind of speak for themselves, right? So last year, hitting the $100 billion mark in economic impact, to have 227 million visitors, to have 
roughly 900,000 people employed by tourism in the state and lodging and hospitality. These are all numbers that are that are you know either setting records or eclipsing you know other other records, and that just shows that the money we're spending is paying off. That you know we can support. I tell my team all the time, you know feel good going to work because there are 900,000 people in New York State that are counting on you to do your job. That is a motivator, at least for me. So, you know, we, we think about that and we think about how we can actually move the needle. When we see product being available in China that was, wasn't available a year ago and folks having opportunities to experience more of New York State, we know we're making a difference. You know, Australia was the same thing. We had very little product in Australia. We're now starting to build product and content in Australia that's going to be tailored to that market. So that's how we measure. That's how we know that we're being effective. And you know, all signs that last year, I don't know if you're familiar with Smith Travel Research, but um, Smith Travel Research is sort of the, um, the lodging, the leading source for lodging information in real time. And everybody uses Smith Travel Research all, over, all throughout the industry. Last year, every single one of our vacation regions exceeded their prior year's what's called revenue per available room, which is a huge measurement for tourism and, and for lodging. So every one of our 11 vacation regions had a better year than the year prior when it came to the revenue per available room. So these are the ways that we can think about um, measuring ourselves and measuring our performance and just hearing anecdotally things like you just said about seeing this, the, the, the awareness campaign in the airport. That is also great to hear because my friends are, you guys are everywhere, I love New York, what's going on? It's true, we, we are. We're trying to immerse people in this awareness and consideration effort and we're trying to cause people to travel as a result of it. And you really have such a good resource having the I Love New York logo, which is the most recognized, the most replicated logo in the world to utilize throughout all of these efforts. Well, thank you so much, Gavin. This has been so interesting. You're so enthusiastic and knowledgeable about tourism in New York, and it just seems like this is incredibly interesting time for the state. It really is, and we're just so fortunate. Governor Cuomo is, is continuing to invest. Um, we're planning our next tourism summit as we speak, so uh, things in New York State uh, are really moving in a great direction. So it was just fantastic to meet with the people of the Empire State Development Agency. Gavin and I spoke about a ton of things, but I really love to hear just how alive and powerful the iHeart New York logotype still is and how the state is essentially drawing it out into other destinations quite successfully. I also thoroughly enjoyed learning about the multi-multi-multi-multi-million dollar budget the governor has given to the state to, to market it and to increase tourism. And it was also great to hear about the new millennial international traveler. New York is just a huge hub for inbound people coming into the States, so they just have this really strong perspective on what that person is like and their habits from spending to traveling and whatnot. But Julian, let's get you back in here and take it a few decades back in New York City's history. I know you have a theory that places don't really have to get their act together until they have to until they are in the face of a crisis. Well, that's about right. Even Stockholm that we covered in the last episode was in a crisis in 2002 from the dot-com crash when they really decided they needed to market themselves. I think that applies even more to New York. 
So let's take ourselves back to 1976, and New York is in the depths of a real crisis. They're going bankrupt, they're running out of money, crime is rampant, the energy crisis is still on, and the city and state of New York really has to do something. Even President Ford refused to bail them out. Now, the only way out was to develop a, a real tourism strategy. They called it Market Today, Visitors Tomorrow, and basically get tourists into the hotels, the restaurants, the theatres, and generate cash. Now, to do that, they decided they needed to focus on the indomitable spirit of New Yorkers. They decided to take the streets back and talk about the passion of New Yorkers. And they needed an icon to sum that spirit up. So they turned to one of the truly great graphic designers. And here's our next guest, the designer of the I Love New York logo, the co-founder of New York Magazine, among many, many other things, Mr. Milton Glaser. So here we are with Milton Glaser, the reason that we all love New York. Milton is the man behind the I Love New York logo. Milton, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Hi, glad to be with you. And of course, we're also joined with Julian. So Julian, where in the world are you right now? Hi, Maura. Uh, hi, Milton. And thank you for uh, being with us today. I'm actually in Stockholm, Sweden this afternoon. And we're so excited to be talking to you today. As you know, you're a hero to anyone in the graphic design industry. <laughs> thank you. So I am I really am just getting into branding and my background is in journalism. So I'm learning kind of the business of branding. And what I think is really interesting is that the I Love New York logo came out of a crisis. So can you talk about New York City during the time that you were commissioned to do the logo? Well, the city was at one of its low points in its history. Basically, crime was on the rise. People were fleeing the city, moving out of all the good neighborhoods. and. It also was a time where you could buy a great apartment in New York for relatively little money because people were seeing it as a dying entity. Um, there was a sense of crisis, unhappiness, and there was a lot of dog shit in the street. Um, it was interesting because the effect was largely psychological and a kind of sense of despair. And the city... In, in desperation to some extent, decided that it would like to do something to avoid a real crisis in terms of people feeling that there were many other alternative choices they had about where they wanted to live. And so they developed this I Love New York campaign. They had the words, many people take claim to that, but they came to me basically saying we need a visual equivalent to these words, I love New York. It's hard to explain, uh, particularly from this vantage point, what the city was like, but my wife and I were living on 67th Street, right off Central Park, and we would actually discuss after dinner whether we should go out for a walk or not, because there were so many burglaries and robberies and muggings on the street that you really had to consider that possibility when you were talking about going out for an evening stroll. That is so incomprehensible to most of us who live here now that um, you can only understand the enormous change that has occurred psychically 
between the city then and the city as it is today. So where did the inspiration and direction come from in your approach to the designing the symbol? You know, it's very hard retrospectively to analyze rationally why you did anything in the world of art or the imagination because those are essentially intuitive responses to a condition. The objective responses that all the marketing people tell you about end up to be banal and repetitive. I don't know what this came from. I, I know that there was an act of transforming a word that was essentially a noun into a verb. The idea of I heart New York was something you would not normally consider. But it is precisely that transformation that uh, alerted people to the fact that something unusual was going on. Um, you always saw the heart in, carved into trees with people's initials about it. But as a, um, as a word itself to represent love, curiously, although now it seems to be in existence forever, it had never been done before that way. Um, it was really given in terms of what the elements were. Once you had, I love New York, there was not too many choices you had about how to represent that. And so at the end, it seemed inevitable. And also, it is a complex little puzzle, which is one of the reasons that graphic things are interesting, is that they are not understandable right away, because in this case, the I is a complete word, the heart is a symbol for a feeling, and the NY are initials for a place. This is a very complicated idea for translation, and yet everybody gets it right away. Okay, quick question. Julian and I talked about this. When you read the logo, do you say, I love New York or I heart New York? Well, it's very funny because obviously everybody said, I love New York at the beginning and then realized that it would be funny to say I heart New York. And I started referring to it at the beginning as I heart New York because it was sort of a kind of playful way of saying I love New York without actually saying it. But now I realize that the pull back to the old meaning is so powerful that people don't like things change, like the idea that a verb can become a noun and vice versa. So there's a, a real pull. And now I think people, well, I don't know this statistically, but I think more people probably say I heart New York than I love New York anymore, at least local residents. I'm working on that statistic for you. Because <laughs> I say I heart New York and Julian says I love New York. And we were talking about it and we were like, which is it? So I'm, I have my little stick recorder, so I'm going to be walking around to people <laughs> and my funny. friends and asking them, how do you say this? That's so, very funny. So another thing that Julian and I talked about, he said that he heard you had designed a logo, the original logo, and then something came to you and you actually scribbled what we now see. Well, it's not only that. I designed a logo, submitted it, and it was accepted by the Board of Commissioners. And then two days later, uh, later, I was sitting in a cab on my way to work, and I said, you know, there's a better way to do that. And this little, I scribbled, the Museum of Modern Art has a copy of the original scrap of paper, and I scribbled the I Heart New York. And I called up Bill Doyle, who was the uh, 
assistant commissioner of commerce, I think at the time, who'd given me the assignment. And I said, Bill, uh, I have a better solution. He said, oh, no, 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 no. You know how difficult it is to get these guys together? They approved the other logo, leave it alone. I said, now let me show this to you. So I went down to his office, I showed him, he said, you know, this is really better. I said, okay, let's pitch it. So he got the commissioners together again and they all said, you're right, you're right, this one's better. And that's how it came into existence. The only thing about it, you realize the fragility of human activity that simply by accident, the I Love New York, which now exists, could have been replaced by a rather banal typographical solutions that I didn't like after I had done it very, very much longer. So um, such is the capricious nature of doing things in the city. I mean, you just have to be smart about the meaning of words and images, and that is not so easy, largely because people have a very pedestrian idea of what things should look like. You're talking about Paris, Eiffel Tower. You're talking about Rome, you're talking about St. Peter's, etc., etc., etc. And banal images produce banal responses. So the thing to do is to find something that reflects the content but is not ordinary and pedestrian and has a surprise in it so that you sort of feel reawakened by seeing the logo. Some logos are, you know, really done and can last a lifetime. I was thinking the other day, even though they seem totally inappropriate now, General Electric has a logo that seems totally inappropriate, seems 19th century at best, and yet, it's used for the most progressive developments in scientific research. So sometimes you have to go against history. Coca-Cola looks like nothing created in the 20th century, but by virtue of repetition, is so firmly pressed into people's minds that nobody can ever forget it. So the rules for developing an identity are, I suppose, imagination, surprise, appropriateness, and intelligence. So one question I have, we were talking about logos and design and the, now the I heart, I love New York logo is over 30 years old. And I've just started to pay even more attention to it when I've been in New York since I knew we were going to be doing this interview. And I see it on everything from bags to coffee mugs to street signs. Mm -hmm. So what do you see when you see the logo now? Or how do you feel? You know, as a designer, and I guess as most people would like to see that their lives had meaning and that something they did involved people responding to your work and that you made something uh, in your life that contributed to a sense of well-being or interest or had a purpose that was accomplished. And so I love the fact that that logo and that image sustained the city. Well, it, it's, um, it's more than a logo, I have to say. It's a state of mind. And one of the things that is not logo-y about it is it's not a brand. What it is is a statement of belief. It says, I love New York. And while people were at this desperate moment, they wanted to commit to something and they wanted to commit to the city and the phrase, I love New York, was not a brand. It was a statement. 
And that's a big difference, but that's often misunderstood. Oh, we need to brand Las Vegas. How about we have... It's not about branding in this case. It's a question of acknowledgement. And then something else happened, which was interesting, which is that after 9-11, I did another poster called I Love New York More Than Ever. Because at that point, people were desperate to be able to say, as you would to somebody who was sick in a hospital, I love you more than ever because you realize how fragile and how committed we all were to this city. And that idea of being able to express a public conscience. Let's talk about New York. You are the quintessential New Yorker, so we're going to... I wouldn't call me that. Okay. What, would, what can we call you? <laughs> what would you say? What, how do you embody New York? Because you, I feel like you've been so instrumental in making it one of the most recognized, if not the most recognized. Well, it's something very important to understand New York is it doesn't exist. New York is a product of the mind and the imagination. New York is so complex and so varied that you can't say there is a New York. If you walk two blocks from here, you're in Little India. You walk another four blocks, you're in a high you know, a high-rise tower where the rent is $10,000 a month. I mean, this city is so contradictory, so complex, so extraordinary in its diversity. I mean, all those claims for diversity really are true here. There's nothing you won't encounter in this city. As a result, it becomes a product of the imagination because there's no way of symbolizing it as a single place. It's not a single place. It's this strange pudding of everything you could imagine, the high, the low, the rich, the poor, the dumb, the smart. I mean, it's all here, and there's no way of symbolizing that into a single, single image or a single concept. People get very confused when they're here for two weeks because they don't understand what they're looking at. You can live here for 20 years and not understand what you're looking at. I always say about New York, I feel like there's everything everywhere. That's it. That's it. So you're a New Yorker through and through, but what are the favorite cities have you got apart from New York? Oh, that's tough. A lot of them are in Italy because uh, I lived in Italy and my wife and I lived in Italy and uh, we traveled all over Italy. We had good friends in Italy. Of course, Paris is one of the great cities. The great capitals are extraordinary. But in Italy, we love Urbino, and I love Bologna, where I spent some student years, and I love northern Italy in general, and uh, uh, actually every city that has any notoriety is fascinating, particularly if you're there for two weeks where you could see the best of the best. Um, there are not too many cities I'd like to live in. Uh, in fact, uh, ultimately, there is no city I'd rather live in than New York. My final question, I've read your book, Art is Work, it's sitting right there. I, it's been so interesting to get a full picture of everything you do. And in your interview, you said, my fundamental belief is that form making is essential to a culture and those who make form to communicate ideas have a very important responsibility. So my closing question is, what do you think your responsibility was or is or has been in making New York the best city on the planet? 
Well, I think I, my responsibility is the same as any other citizen. I mean, the fact that I have a particular uh, talent for representing things visually, it's just part of the idea, first of all, to get over your personal narcissism and understand that there are others in the room. And finally, to feel as though you have embarked on a trip collectively with those others to improve the condition of everyone. And that, fortunately, is something uh, that is a manifestation of people's culture, people who are in the musical world or the literary world or the communication world, that the capacity to express ideas influence people, not for self-gain, not for profit, this crazy idea of money making all the difference in your life, but for the common good, that is such a fundamental idea to me. And that is the thing that I value most about my life. So I Heart New York and I Love New York are both fun. We heard it from the man himself. New York is such a great city of diversity. Anything goes. I think that was his main message. You know, that logo has to be one of the most iconic bits of design ever. And it's more copied than anything. Just Google it. You can find I love Paris, I love Milwaukee, I even found I love North Korea. It's true. And when we spoke with the Empire State Development Agency about protecting the logo, it just, I mean, it just seemed super difficult. But I have to say, spending a sunny summer Monday morning with Milton in his studio, which was full of his original art that I've just seen in books my whole life, it was just, it was completely enlightening, and it was so inspiring to connect with a creative of that caliber. That experience 100% goes down in my books as my favorite New York moment. And I have had many. I've lived in New York. I went there as a child countless times with my family because they knew just how happy it made me. And I will say that among my favorite spots in New York... Are the art museums. My favorite hidden gem is the Frick Collection on the Upper East Side. And of course, you have to always talk about the MoMA when you're talking about New York. Um, and I learned that that's where Milton's original I Heart NY sketch is. So Julian, what about you? Well, I think what I love doing most when I'm in New York is, is a Sunday morning grabbing a copy of the New York Times, which is so big you can hardly lift the thing, and then walking into Central Park and spending the day reading it. I mean, nothing beats that. But the thing about New York is it's got everything. And I remember once checking into a really quite well-known New York hotel and the reception person telling me whatever I wanted, I could probably find it on the same block. And she was right. You know, this city is amazing. I think we can agree that New York is just one of the world's greatest cities. There is nowhere on earth quite like it. It is probably the world's capital city. And as the song says, New York, New York, so good, they named it twice. New York has really got so much going for it. You think about it, great food, amazing museums, grand parks, iconic sports teams, diverse districts, which are like mini cities themselves, and the people. And I, I swear it takes people just one day to become a New Yorker. They walk faster, talk faster, think big. And I think all the cops in New York have seen cop shows with New York cops because they all act like they do in the movies. And I'm sure it has an impact. You did mention that in your book, which I enjoyed. And this is always the worst part about New York to me. 
It's when it is time to say goodbye. Now, some say when you leave New York, you ain't going nowhere. And while that's usually often totally true, it is not in the case of this podcast because we are going places on which you are here. And the next time, we are going to one of Julian's favorite cities. Yep, one of my favorite cities on Earth, which I try to get to as often as I can. So be sure to listen. Now, we have more on our webpage if you're interested in this edition. So do visit us at uptheereverywhere.com slash wish you were here. So once again, it is goodbye from me, the girl in Chicago. And it's goodbye from him, the guy from Stockholm. This podcast is based on the book Wish You Were Here by Julian Stubbs, available on Amazon. It is produced up in the clouds by the world's first global cloud-based agency, Up There. Everywhere.com.